Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Hi, my name is Vivian Aqua, and this is a new episode of Let's Humanize the Workplace. I know normally I don't start like this, or sometimes I do have my guests, but I was just like, no, let's let's have the guest speakers on uh, while I'm introducing. So um, today I'm I have I'm going to have a conversation about the people, planet, profit. But first, I want to take five seconds to um to not five seconds a few seconds to talk about what happened in colorado springs if you haven't heard the news then please google it or watch cnn or another platform but something devastating happened in colorado springs where an individual person um don't know where his mind was at but he took the life of so many people and hurt so many people and i just want to say that whatever reason is behind it, we cannot tolerate that. Wherever that is happening, we cannot tolerate that. And also another thing that I do want to address that we cannot tolerate is the hate towards people from the LGBT community. Whereas uh, now at the moment, FIFA is playing in Iran, not Iran, uh, sorry, um, help me. Uh, Qatar, yes, Qatar, mm-hmm. um, and that is going left. Uh, there are certain things that are happening here, and th- th- these are the things that we need to remind ourselves when we are collaborating with an organization or working for an organization, what are my values, and do those values match? That's all I'm going to say, because opening up FIFA gate, that's a whole different conversation <laughs> of what's good what's not good and what we should not do anymore but where we are right now we should never ever provide a country that is not honoring all people and give them a place to play football because the influence of fifa is too big to let it slide i know that you know this was a decision made in 2010 but from now on, we cannot tolerate this. Also, so many people have, have died uh, just building new football stadiums where I'm thinking like there are so many other countries that already have football stadiums, right? When it comes to sustainability. So um, for those who are football fans, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hurt your feelings, but we also need to address it from the, the people and the planet side as well. So that's, that's those, those are my two cents. Uh, it's Thanksgiving week or... AKA Black Friday week, where <laughs> the whole world is is participating in Black Friday. We even in the Netherlands, it's it's a pre 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 Black Friday. Um, let's spend our time and money wisely and think about what we can do for somebody else. Um, if you know a person, or if you can pay it forward for somebody else, it doesn't mean you have to pay it for for the whole community. It only takes one person to pay it forward for what can you uh, donate, whether it's your mind, your time, or your energy, what can you do to make the other person's life better? I think that's a valuable gift that we can share. And uh, I hope that you honor that. One last thing. I opened up Pandora's box when I asked a certain question about banning physical contact in the workplace. I'm going to come back uh, I'm gonna write something about that because certain, you know, certain words were taken out of context, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. share something about it. And also, what's interesting to see the poll that came out: a lot of people were against banning the physical contact, and I am going to demystify what I meant with that, and I'm also going to demystify some of the comments that were shared. So I haven't forgotten about it, but. It has been a busy week, a busy month, and I also need to pour tea in my own cup before I'm pouring in somebody else's cup. But enough about me, enough about the world. I want to have a conversation with these three amazing guest speakers who I have on, and I'm going to share their bio. Give me a moment to read out their bio. So first of all, Taylor Martin. He leads a creative agency that helps companies make new friends by focusing on purpose-driven branding and web accessibility. Then we have Kishan Hughes, who is a neuro leadership coach, consultant, and neuro-savvy founder, helping organizations and burnout culture, burnout, yes, Mm. level up and align with purpose. Then we have Harry Davis, who is a EMA, procurement, logistics, and supply chain professional. 
He's also a DEI leader focused on building an ERGs to thrive in the workplace. And my name is Vivian Aqua, and I'm the inclusive workplace wellness uh, advocate. You can look my bio up. You can look everybody's bio up. But let's let's have that conversation about today, because the question that I always ask to my guest speakers is, why do we need to humanize the workplace? So, Harry. Um, first of all, um, thank you, Vivian, for having me um, mm -hmm. alongside amazing um, Keyshawn and Taylor. Um, I think it's very important to humanize the workplace because at the end of the day, most professionals spend a majority of their time, of their mm -hmm. adulthood in a workspace. Yeah. And so it's very important that right from the hiring stage, right from the interview process, right from being hired and being admitted into the workspace, we are, organizations are able to factor in systems, standards, and procedures that would make folks feel comfortable. For example, from a job description, you want to make sure that the job description is very inclusive and that it attracts all folks from all walks of life. Does it attract the folks from the disabled community? Does it attract folks from the LGBTQIA community? Does it attract folks from veterans or folks that have given their lives to support our communities? Does it do that? And then even through the interview process, how do we make sure that there are no biases? How do we make sure the interview panel um, is constituted of a very diverse personnel so that the process is very fair and people can come into the workspace and enjoy themselves? And so for me, it's very important that I'm able to come into a workspace and be my authentic self. I'm able to come to work, into the workspace because I deserve to be at the table and not because you want to take off a box of being an inclusive organization. But on the flip side, organizations should also be intentional on hiring folks from minority communities and making sure they create a safe space for them to thrive. On, on that note, I, I, I did not want to say something about it, but while you were talking about it, um, creating a safe space for people to be themselves and to thrive, right? I'm, I'm directly thinking of ERGs, where there are some companies, some birds, bluebirds, that have canceled employee resource groups. And I'm just thinking like, what is the fear because it is known that when you activate and when you implement all the necessary steps that makes uh, that make people to, uh, to create a thriving employee resource group, it can also add value to the business. It can also add value to to the people, their lives, employee engagement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So let's take notes about what not to do. And if you want to Google it, Google ERG Twitter. And I think that you will find enough information about what not to do. Um, and also Google how Twitter was activating ERGs before certain people took over. And that's, that's all I'm going to share. Okay, Kishan. <laughs> I'm so glad you shared that. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that. That's so important. Mm -hmm. ERG work, um, Harry, the work that you're doing within your ERG leadership, it's so necessary yeah. and it's, it's valuable, it's invaluable. And so I'm so glad that you shared that, Vivian. Why is it important for us to humanize the workplace? When I first heard that question, my first thought is, some, well, humans make up the workplace. Mm. <laughs> We're so dynamic. We're so multifaceted. And when allowed to thrive, when, when actually given resources and supported, and when we feel healthy and comfortable, and when we, when we feel included, as Harry said, in those environments in which we work, we do so much better. We do innovative work. We can do brilliant things. We can operate mm. collectively, holistically. And I want to bring it back to health once again, because that's the foundation of my neurocoaching practice. And when I go into organizations, that's the space that I speak from. And so I feel like healthy people are happier people. They're more productive and they thrive. And so in my ideal sentiment, when it comes to humanizing the workplace, I just think about just human thriving, human progress. Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's so important for us to have these kinds of conversations, have the kind of, once again, resources and support to allow humans to do that. 
And I think it's it's so it sounds so easy or simple or like something that shouldn't be questioned, right? Yeah. And yet it's questioned all the time. Mm-hmm. People have different theories and practices that go against the humanization of the workplace that are anti-human and pro-profit. And so I feel like I love the title, the theme of our conversation today because it ties it all together because it should be tied together. Exactly. While you were, while you were mentioning the quote about happy people are more productive in in the Netherlands. And I think it's a, a common English quote now. I'm not referring to people as cows, but there is a quote saying that happy cows give more milk. True. So if you want to be best in the game, gain more profit, gain more, you know, employee branding where your brand is clear, but also the fact that people recognize your company, your organization as a a very pleasant uh, company where the customer service is on, on, on fleek, everything is doing well, then invest in people, their happiness, right? Yeah. Invest in employee mm-hmm. engagement. And again, ERGs are, is a way to do that as in so many other ways, uh, investing in DEI, for instance, but I'm tooting my own horn and now I'm passing the horn to <laughs> the horn to Taylor. <laughs> Well, I just want to I just want to build on what yeah. Harry and Keyshawn said because they mm-hmm. really covered a lot of great ground there. Um, you know, just thinking it from a business standpoint, the triple bottom line, people, planet, and profit. You know, I feel like we've just been growing up as humans in terms of business, and it's just now we're learning the lesson, especially with COVID, where we're learning yeah. the lesson that okay, we really need to take care of our people. We have obviously not been doing that. It has really revealed a lot of. Um, hidden points that companies didn't realize they had that were kind of degrading the quality of the company and the workplace and the inclusivity and everything, diversity. And I think that's that's proven to be a, a shock to them, a shock to the system, shock to business, because now people are leaving. They're yeah. in a great resignation, mm-hmm. which is great. I, I really think it's great because it is making companies stand back and go, what are we yeah. doing wrong here? And they're going to have to, if they want to stay you know, afloat and they want to prosper in the future, they have to take action. And I think everything that Harry and Keyshawn has said, I think that is exactly what we need to do. And you know, from my point of view, my perspective, I always see the triple bottom line, the people, planet, profit as a three-legged stool. If you don't have one of those you yeah. know, legs working, Ooh. it's gonna collapse over. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> that, that's just something that the way I see it. And so now I think it's just, it's a coming of age. Like we have finally been forced as a people to realize the people component of business and how incredibly valuable it is for the progress of any company. Yeah. I don't condone what is happening lately at uh, museums, right? Where environmentalists are protesting, but then again, they are getting our attention where we need to invest in the future. We need to invest in sustainability. And also I know that given where we are at right now, especially with the U- the war within Ukraine, the war between Russia and the whole world, uh, it's challenging, but then again, the world made commitments. The world made commitments when it comes to sustainability, the world made commitments to do better and war or no war, we need to honor that as well, as much as we can, because we have to leave the planet better so much better than we 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 found it and unfortunately now um it seems like we are seeking another planet to destroy <laughs> but that's a whole nother thing i am i will i will stay here i will stay here on earth i, I see prince <laughs> prince has shared something poignant poignant <laughs> submissions great conversation so far thank you prince for joining this conversation and going into the main topic of this conversation. So let's start with you, Kishan. Why is it important to amplify people, planet, profit for, from your perspective? I just love something that Taylor said is, he mentioned shock mm. and um, awakening, I think. Mm. Or that's the word that came to mind. It's people, we're coming to ourselves. We're 
we had a realization. We're having realizations that we didn't have before because there were certain ways that we looked at work productivity, being extremely productivity oriented. Um, There was one bottom line. And I love how he mentioned the three-legged stool of the bottom line, how it does include people and planet. And also, Vivian, you mentioned something about sustainability. The Neuroleadership Institute, one that I follow for information and insights and trends, asked us to focus on regenerative practices. Mm -hmm. So beyond Mm -hmm. sustainability, just one step further, how can we create and sustain processes, ideas, and implement ways of thinking, ways of practicing work, ways of showing up to work that are regenerative, that are cyclical, that are not just once we get to that point um, of sustainability, there's a drop off. We mm-hmm. want then drop off and rebound, right? So just think about nature, there are seasons. Every year we go through the same cycle of seasons. How can we cycle different processes and the way we bring people in, how we recruit and retain employees? And how can we think about it from a lifelong stance? How can we have these employees then have children who become employees even? Mm -hmm. There are companies that do that. And so that's something that I, I have in mind when I think about amplifying people, planet and profit is the regenerative nature just of humanity. We're regenerative ourselves as, as biosystems, right? Um, we reproduce, we, we carry on, we move forward. So I think about it in that stance, when I think about legacy, strategic moves that are long standing and, and last beyond me, beyond my lifetime into my children's children's lifetime. How can we think from that lens, from that space? I love that. I love that. And I'm going to pass the mic to, to Taylor because I'm also curious about your insights, Taylor. Yeah. So she, she, uh, Keyshawn nailed a word <laughs> that I, I, I like to use more than sustainability is regenerative mm-hmm. because I feel like we've already passed the Rubicon here. Mm-hmm. We need to stop using sustainability and th- start using regenerative because mm-hmm. everything you just said is exactly how we need to start thinking, not just net zero, net positive, mm-hmm. and how we can reverse the problems and things that we've done to our planet. Yeah, I think you're on mute there, Keyshawn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to be a little loud. I am um, <laughs> in that room where Vivian first met me. And so yeah. I mute myself because I don't want to disrupt. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. 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 reverse the problem. Yeah. We yeah. Started. Yeah. I, I love that language. Yes. Yeah. But just to, to get to the heart of her question, um, mm-hmm. to um, amplify, my mm-hmm. mind goes to three things. Um, one, making better decisions, you know, better decisions that, are more inclusive for people, more diverse for people, and more open and um, compelling for people to work at a place, more purpose-driven environment. And then number two, get your messaging down really well with your purpose-driven branding in terms of these decisions that you are making to help out people and planet. And then um, the third thing is to continually get that message out there and keep growing it and growing it and growing it because you need to be the leader for the next company who's going to try to compete against you. They need to compete against you in this space as well. So if you have a company that's firing in all cylinders and you are making a a wonderful, you know, environment for people to to work at, and it's, it's, you know, it's empowering to work there. It's a purpose-driven place. You're going to get better product. You're going to get a better service. You're going to get a better outcome for your business. And then the sustainability part is, you know, is the right thing to do in so many ways. We don't need to get into the details. And then the profit part will just come natural into that process because you're not going to lose sight of the, the profit angle. What I'm, what I'm getting out of what you just shared right now, Taylor, is transparency. Share yeah. where you are at, share what your ambitions are, and also share what you have done so that people know what steps have you have taken because there's so much greenwashing pink washing mm. dei washing all the all the washing that is that is there uh, available whilst nobody is sharing accountability nobody's sharing the tracks or not that many people are sharing accountability yet they all have their reports their csr and all the other reports that this is you know this is what we are committed to and we signed this but where is the accountability so 
I want to see more accountability, transparency, and be open mm. to where you are at. Well said. Harry. Yeah, I think I'll take a little detour from here. Mm -hmm. So like you just mentioned, Vivian, it's important that um, organizations would come together because when it comes to a DEI perspective or amplifying people, planet and profit, what can we, can we mobilize ourselves together and mm -hmm. work together for the, for the better good of the world? Mm -hmm. And so it comes to the point where, you know, we may be competing on the marketing front, et cetera, but then can we come together to see how we can build a robust system that would be able to support our people, the planet and the profit? Now, I'm a procurement professional. And so now we are at the point where when we go out there to source, we are thinking about who are vendors that we need to um, source from. We are thinking about supplier diversity. Are we reaching mm -hmm. out to folks that, you know, minority-owned businesses, women-owned businesses? And so now, even from a procurement perspective, we are being very intentional about giving a, 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 a percentage of our spend to specific organizations or minority organizations so we can uplift those communities up. And when I think about it, um, the planet, of course, like you mentioned, you're, you're trying to move from the sustainable time timelines to the regener um, regenerative, which is actually great. But it's also very important to be cognizant of the fact that we need to hold organizations accountable. Mm -hmm. For example, mm. I'm from Africa. I'm from Ghana, mm -hmm. where Ivory Coast and Ghana produce 70% of world cocoa, but mm. we still have children who are not going to school, who are 10 year olds and be below mm. going out there to harvest cocoa. And yeah. so can we hold the global organizations accountable to say, yes, we've all signed to fair practice and buying from a fair point of view, but how do we ensure that we are holding them accountable? Because they just go somewhere and sign all these agreements, but then who is holding them accountable, like Vivian said. Mm. And then finally, also from a minority perspective, from an African perspective, I'm thinking about STEM. How do we make sure a part of our profit, uh, we are intentional about giving opportunities to women in science, women in mathematics. Yeah. We're giving opportunities to disabled folks. We're giving opportunities to all these minorities, as investing into research and development into how we can cater for the minorities within the workspace so that they could come in there, the economics from their seating to their computing, everything really we are investing money to be able to amplify the folks that work for us. So like um, Taylor mentioned, the three are interwoven and failure of one is failure of the remaining two. Mm. So it's very important. Well said, Harry. You're, 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 you are all making it hard for me to facilitate the conversation because I'm sitting here. I'm just like, oh. Oh, I'm hearing so many, so many golden nuggets yet again, so many comments. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to marinate on what everybody's sharing. And in the meantime, I will share, I will share the, the comments from people. So thank you, Digital Marketing, for sharing. Nice topic, great contribution. And also somebody from LinkedIn. I don't always see the names, but I'll share it out loud. Sustainability shouldn't be our goal. It's all about sustaining a broken system. Regeneration is more powerful to drive meaningful change. Thank you. Regeneration and leaving a legacy. Deep thoughts. Thank you, Franklin. And also another one. Thanks for this important conversation. And Franklin is saying, well said, Harry. Let's hold these global organizations accountable, but we must mm. start with our own people as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Starts from within. Yeah. Starts from within. Because we can point our fingers to the managers, to the leaders. But then again, we also have to be real and look ourselves in the mirror. What are we doing? Right. In the beginning, I shared if there's one thing that you can do for somebody else, we don't have to buy something, but we can share knowledge. We can share tips. We can open doors for people, become sponsors. That will be such a meaningful, especially for those who just lost their job what can you do to amplify them so that they can enter in the room as well? And going into the next conversation, yes, Sean is back. Let me see. Going to the next uh, topic. So Taylor, how hmm. can organizations, leaders, employees benefit from amplifying P3? Well, I, you know, we've covered a lot of ground and that, that mm -hmm. kind of touches on a lot of this. Yeah. But I, I keep going back to purpose. Mm. Um, 
because if you have a sense of purpose for your company, like let's just say your company is doing everything environmentally sound and you're focused on regenerative, you know, aspects of your, what, how your business, you know, affects the planet and then maybe mm -hmm. more so, um, people are going to know that in their, yeah. in the, the employees are going to know this and they're going to know that their workspace does that. And then the, the people aspect of it, like we've all, like we've been talking about being able to live and work and live and operate and co-mingle in a workspace that you feel, you know, very happy and proud to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, a paycheck is one thing, but it's not everything. You know, yes. you get your paycheck, but if you are really feeling passionate and moved by what your company does and you understand the purpose of the company is driven to help humanity in, in whatever way that their business operates. I feel like that's the ultimate goal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no words. That's it. That's it. That's, that's, mm -hmm. that's the only thing that I can say is that. And also another thing, because you're mentioning something about the, the purpose of the organization, but then again, as an individual, you also have a purpose. Your team mm -hmm. has a purpose, right? So find mm -hmm. a way to connect the P3 with your personal purpose and the purpose of an organization. Then you are getting the best of the best and of also your team uh, purpose as well. Because um, when we only focus on the organization, it feels like we are not asking the challenging the individuals to align their purpose to the organization, to the team as well. Mm. Harry. Yeah, um, it's quite interesting because I've worked in an organization where employees were taxed with, you know, um, selecting a specific organization around sustainability or mm -hmm. um, green or CO2 emissions, etc. And then the organization was going to match the contributions that the employees mm -hmm. were going to um, give or contribute to those organizations. So this is how business leaders can utilize their workspace. And I'm talking from the ERG perspective. Mm -hmm. And having worked within Uber, um, I could cite an example where Black at Uber was able to, especially during the COVID era, was able to partner with leadership and speak about specific organizations that Uber could invest into yeah. to be able to have some of these most difficult conversations. And a typical example also is around when the Palestinian-Israeli war occurred. And yeah. it was a heated moment because we had the Jewish community and then we had the um, Muslim community as well. And so we were all able to lean in into our employee resource group to say, which organizations do you think, do you know within your community would mm -hmm. we be able to tap into to be able to have some of these conversations with you because yeah. the organization sees you, we feel you, and we want to support you in this time of need. And so this is a way that organizations can give power and give and trust their um, employee resource groups or com minority communities within the workspace to be able to leverage their connections and network and support them amplify this. And finally, when it comes even into our profits, also leaning into these communities to say, we formed a whole new supplier diversity department. Can you reach out to um, businesses, small organizations within your community that you know, share with them that this is what Uber is doing. We want them to register. And then we want to give a percentage of our spend to them. Yeah. And so leveraging your people and tapping into them and letting them know that we are willing to support you. We will take a step back, but take ownership in being able to reach out to specific folks in your community so that we could amplify and all support each other. Is one thing that organizations can leverage so that we can amplify the P3B as a whole. Yeah, I love that. I do, you know, as a as a minority business owner, I do sometimes. Um, I, I I'm going to share something from my perspective, right? Because when collaborating with a big company, it might feel like David versus Goliath, where sometimes you end up lost in a maze. So if there is a way to mentor or is there a way to coach uh, the small businesses so that they can collaborate with you or collaborate with different businesses as well, look into that as well. I'm not saying that it's not possible, but look into that as well, because it might be that 
um, from their end, from their perspective, right? Dealing with a, a huge client, a big client can, can activate a fight or flight or freeze mechanism where they mm-hmm. want to, they want to do something, but they are frozen or they get lost in all these, you know, procurement uh, procedures that are happening where sometimes the payment terms are not equitable, but that's a mm-hmm. whole nother conversation that I'm not going to have here. But I felt the need to share something about it, not on behalf of myself, mm. but also on behalf of you know all the other small business owners as well. Just, yeah. just leaving it there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sean. Important. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> Small business owners. Mm-hmm. So what everyone has shared has resonated with me. I'm over here taking notes. Mm-hmm. Um, one another word that was used was transparency becoming contagious. Yeah. So mm. I, well, I think I don't know. I wrote down the word trans yeah. or contagious. Because yeah. as humans, when we align Mm-hmm. our words, our actions with one another, and we yeah. share those perspectives, neurologically, we become on the same wavelength, the same frequency. Yeah. Mm. That is how collective contagion of good things, of good policies, of So what you're, what you're saying is we need more transparency? Yeah. We need more of that so that our, our brains can, can adopt everything? Is that what I you're just, saying? I'm, I think I am. Is that what you heard? <laughs> that what you heard if it is that's what i said right <laughs> yes it's so helpful it's so important and it does bring about that fight flight freeze response because if we're receiving new information that we're not quite familiar with our brains and our nervous mm-hmm. systems can go into that space yeah. um if we're hearing about information that can seem too big to tackle how mm. can i do this alone or as one organization or as one yeah. team we can go into that response as well but if we do so together, collectively, understanding that when we do have perspective sharing, when we do share various perspectives, it can take more time to move forward. But research shows that the solutions that are found are more innovative, Mm -hmm. they're more profitable. So we can get so caught up in wanting to do things fast, quickly, um, wanting to do what's familiar, once again, to do what we've mm-hmm. done before, to yeah. get mm-hmm. space of sustainability. But if we want to be regenerative, there will be some pauses. There will be times when we move fast and slow. Yeah. And so really getting comfortable with the slow seasons and the slow periods where we might feel stuck, but being willing to move beyond that doing the work we have to do as individual leaders, the self-care work, the mind orientation work, the mindset work, um, continuing moving conversations forward, we can get to those ultimate goals. We can get to those strategic goals. It absolutely is possible. While you were saying that, it made me think of the seasons, right? We are the only people that are not slowing down. All animals are doing a winter sleep or slowing down. Even the trees are slowing down. Even our seasons are slowing down. Yes. Why is it that we, are, we humans, mm. think that we always have a Duracell enduring battery <laughs> where we keep going on and on and on and on and on and on and on yes. and not taking the time to pause? To, yeah. to pause. Yeah. So the last few weeks, I am holding myself accountable. And when I'm pausing, that means sometimes I cannot react to a LinkedIn message or a post, mm. um, I need to again fill my cup. I need to fill my cup before I pour, you know, before I share my tea with other people. And especially the work that we're doing, especially the challenges that we are facing right now. And also, a lot of people are struggling at the mm-hmm. moment right now for different reasons. We need to take the time and reflect. We need to take the time and reflect because before the pandemic, we were going and going and going and going without taking that pause. And why, why not take the time and see ourselves as the seasons where in the winter you do things a little bit slower or calculate that recharge moment where instead of taking two days, you're taking maybe an extra day to fill your cup and really fill your cup, not work, fill your cup. That's it. It definitely takes learning. Um, yeah. Obviously, for myself, I <clears throat> did not grow up in an environment where um, I had that modeled for me. I mm. had hard work mm. ethic modeled for me, and that is what yeah. was prized, and that is what was 
um, aligned with achievement. Um, it was rewarded. It was rewarded. Yeah. And I just think once again about neuroscience and our brains are so simple in the fact that we do what we get rewarded to do, even mm. if it's not in alignment with our goals, even as we're changing, we're aging, things don't do the, they don't work the way they used to. Okay. Mm. We still have the expectation. We still have the memory of how we used to be. And we want to continue and move that forward without making any changes in our environment, any changes in what we take in information or otherwise. But it's very important to see ourselves as one with nature, as opposed to above it, controlling it, right? Yeah. We yeah. are it. We are nature. Yeah. So I think in, in the, like in human history, I'm thinking about the different ages of work, industrialization, and then the technical age. And now we're in this AI age, right? So we're moving <laughs> forward. We're evolving when it comes to the way we think of that. How are we involving our own personal systems, our own yeah. hardware and software? Yeah. I think to be in alignment with that is to be, it's, it's the best, it's to our best interest, both personally yeah. and collectively. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I totally, totally love that. I'm going to have a, a peek to see if there are any comments. I see Prince sharing, there has to be a stronger collaboration between research, academia, and industry. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Prince. And also regarding the next question, um, is there an example that you can share? Um, first of all, did I did everybody answer the previous question just just out of yes yeah 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 okay you're, you're good, you're good. <laughs> I, I got lost a little bit. Um, can you share an example of your organization or a client that you are working with that is putting you know the P tree first? So I'll start with you, Kashan. I think you're you're up. Yeah. Yes. Uh, thank you for this question. It was really good. It had me think about what can I share? Because there's a mm -hmm. lot of coaching client privilege, mm -hmm. but I, think I get this it was this personally, um, I would say impacted me just having these conversations. It's an honor for me to sit with leaders and hear about their vulnerabilities and the mm -hmm. challenges that they're working through. And the foundation of my practice is co-creative. And mm -hmm. so I'm there as an active listener. I'm there as a person who has had my own experiences. I can share from that space, but I'm there to mostly listen more so than talk. And so I think just as a leadership skill, that is one that I think a lot of leaders could benefit from there. Um, but so <laughs> yes. planet profit first, I think having a conversation with one recent client, he had some questions about what he should do next, his next role in leadership, um, what he should do within the organization, what kind of impact is he himself making. And through our dialogue and our conversation, he, he came to the realization that whatever decision I make that's best for me and my health will be best for the organization. He was able to tie those two things together as an individual, as a leader. And so when leaders go into their meetings, into strategy sessions, planning sessions with that in mind, um, their own health benefit and the health benefit of the teams, the clients, the stakeholders, it can go outward from there. I think decisions that are made tend to be healthier, better for the planet, more, mm -hmm. more generative, all the things that we're talking about and ultimately more profitable because you don't want to have a leader who is within a company who is either burned out, um, unmotivated, toxic in any kind of way, because we do lead from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And so that is, that is what I think of when I think about my company, examples from my company is just coaching with leaders, having them have that, that own reflection for themselves of how can I be the healthiest, best self? How can I be the, the most uh, inclusive leader I possibly can be. And then seeing how that reverberates outward in policies that are made, in products that are sold, and so on and so forth. I love what you shared about leaders, but also um, in the conversation that I am having with leaders is sometimes leading can be lonely, right? Mm -hmm. So share, share, sharing that vulnerability is not always a given, That's right. but if you want to unlock vulnerability, you have to share some vulnerability of yourself. And also it, it can amplify trust and it can amplify mm. the employee right. engagement within your team where you want them. You want everybody to give them to give 200 percent for your organization. 
But how can you do that if you are activating a certain, you know, dinosaur leadership style, which, which what you're now seeing is not working and rather people are allergic to that, that style. So I'm not saying that a certain company is going to not exist anymore, but I am watching it closely and seeing how things are progressing because what is being shared at the moment right now is what not to do. And we need more of what to do better and how can we evolve and reflect and learn from that and do better and realize that um, a little bit of empathy regarding the leaders. I understand you, your plate is over full, but you can also share the plate, share the mic and have this conversation with a confidant, like a coach. That's, that's all I'm saying and invest in that as well. Yeah. Harry. Oh, let me. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, I think the most organization that um, I I thrived well in my mm -hmm. um, DEI expertise is still Uber. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had the privilege of working with our CEO because once a month, Dara met one ERG. So we had 12 ERGs and once a month, he met the leadership of the ERG. Yeah. Now, generally, the executives of Uber, their bonuses were tied to the success of our diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay, 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 okay. Well, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, because okay, wait, wait a minute, yes. because that's not. It's not a given that yeah. a company sets connects their DEI goals yeah. to leadership performance. Yeah. Yes. And so it so, was. Can you, it can was you a big bold that bet. Just, just repeat it again for those who haven't heard, because this... the bonuses of the executives mm. were tied to the success of DEI, mm. and mm. one of Uber's belief or value was we make big bold bets, and so this was a very big mm. bold bet considering where Uber had come from historically, yeah. and so leadership saying that we want to own this, the success of um, DEI is tied to our performance bonuses. And so the CEO met the ERG leadership, one ERG leadership once a month with um, our chief HR officer. And of course, because I was a lead for ERGs, I was able to sit in some of these conversations. And this is where you're able to see how people can come across and share their vulnerability. The day Dara said he had a son, he had a child who was uh, part of the LGBTQIA community. Yeah. And so yeah. he could relate to what was happening. And so you think about when um, ERGs come and say that, listen, we don't have, we have X percent of black leaders. And so we think that we need to have a pipeline of black talent. Yeah. We've already spoken to McKinsey. They've got a six month program that trains black folks and it gets them ready for leadership roles. The ERG had already done their research and everything. They came to the CEO with their findings. We need your support on ABC. And so Dara took ownership and says, this I relegated to the chief HR officer. I want you to be the sponsor, sponsor mm -hmm. this um, uh, program for the ERG. Yeah. And then when you think about um, some other plans around, um, you know, trying to, in 2025 onwards, we are thinking of electric vehicles. We are thinking of alternative sources of um, fueled vehicles so that we are moving away from the typical traditional ones that mm -hmm. cause CO2 emissions, etc. So I feel like, um, we are getting there, organizations or leadership are taking ownership, but it's also the responsibility of members or employees yeah. holding them accountable to say, you promised ABC, what is the plan? What's the support? Do you, what support do we get from you around the plan? And so um, for me, I was very excited when I saw that a CEO had taken such a stance to support the ERG into becoming better. And as an employee, to be able to have met the CEO once every month with the different ERG who were at different maturity levels, who were needing different things. Because the women ERG was very matured, the black ERG was very matured, but the immigrants ERG, the disabled ERG, they are less matured. And so their needs are different. But in yeah. saying that, you, have, you needed a different set of things for your ERG for you to mature to the point of the other ERGs that I'm willing to support you. And so all the executives were executive sponsors of ERGs. So the VPs, et cetera, one VP is an executive sponsor of an ERG. The success of the ERG is tied to you as a VP. If your strategy, if you don't help them build your strategy, sorry, they fail, you fail. 
And I think that was one of the most incredible experiences for me whilst I worked within Uber. Wow. That's a great story. It I, is. I, uh... And kudos. And I think I need to give a shout out to <laughs> the head of DEI for Uber, Bo Young. Amazing. My yeah. manager, Alex. Amazing folks. And you're doing great stuff. Okay. I, I have to do a disclaimer. This podcast is not sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> it can be though. It can be. <laughs> <laughs> no, but be, besides everything that you shared, wow and wow and wow and wow and wow. And we need more of this. Yeah. Like I shared oh. before, we need more of these good examples so that people can learn and do better. Mm-hmm. However, the conversations in Uber is an international company, and I know that they are a a lot further than the touch companies that I sometimes collaborate with. I, I, I can see the resemblance with the international companies that I work with, but however, I'm based in the Netherlands and I sometimes have to, you know, help out the Dutch companies where we are just getting started. So for those who are looking at best practices, mm-hmm. let's set this as a best practice example where this is the way that we want to head Mm-hmm. five years 10 years or 15 years from now but at least we are making a decision that this is where we want to go yes yeah. taylor yeah. you know we've covered some good ground here so i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to focus on a success story at least i think of it as a success mm-hmm. story yeah yeah uh, one of my clients um they've been growing their business you know every year exponentially they made it to inc 500 and they were doing just exceptionally well and you know, they keep speaking to a larger audience during conferences across the United mm-hmm. States. It's a nationwide company here in the United States. And they're basically a professional services company. Um, but in the CEO had to, he was going to speak at this conference with all these people. And he didn't speak about what they did as a service. Mm-hmm. He spent his whole time speaking about how their mission is to build the future leaders of tomorrow, mm. which has which has nothing to do with their business yeah. services, but that is that is their mission to to create business leaders of the future, and in so doing, they are following all these wonderful you know ideas and rules that we've been talking about and sustainability and um, being reactive and community focused, always giving back to their communities in which they serve all across the United States, and the CEO just went up there and just told that story, did not talk about the company in terms of what the services they do, because it's kind of easy to understand what they do. He probably only spent like, you know, 15 seconds talking that, but he spent the rest of his time talking about all these things. And he felt good and he was very passionate about saying it. But within the next month, he had garnered some of the largest accounts from the audience that the company has ever had and, and that's because they, they aligned. They, the, these big brands heard this statement and said, you know what, that is us. So we are going to align with them and we are going to work with them and they are going to be our, our new professional services company to manage this part of our business. So that was a huge success story as far as I'm concerned because now big brands are taking notice of things like this and they're willing to, make, to take action on it. So yeah. I just love that story. It's an amazing story. And while you were talking about it, it reminded me so much of Maya Angelou's quote where people don't you know, take into account what you do or what you say, how you make them feel. That is so much important. I know that this is not the literal quote that she, she mentioned, but it's something in, in the light of this. And um, when it comes to branding, when it comes to you, you as an individual or as a company, um, so important to know where you stand for what your purpose is mm-hmm. my purpose and I'll, I'll i'll give everybody the chance to share their purpose my purpose is i want to be able to plant seeds so that my son who is not here sometimes he comes here but he's nine at the moment he's sleeping um <laughs> i want to do my utmost best to invest in his future and the generation mm. of his generation and after that so that i did my best Mm-hmm. to do better because yeah, I know yeah. how it felt when the workplaces weren't inclusive where the workplaces mm. were hurting me mm-hmm. and 
I don't want him to go through that. I don't want to make it an emotional thing, but this is my purpose. And I'm curious about all of your purposes. Thank you, Taylor, for opening up the purpose circle. <laughs> well, maybe maybe I'll go first with the purpose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so first of all, um, I think before we started, I was sharing about how I started this um, podcast thing around curating yeah. series, etc. So I realized that I haven't been hired from Africa and relocated to Europe. Mm -hmm. I was black. I was an immigrant. And so to work within an organization where I felt belonged to was great. But I also realized that back home, we have smart, intelligent folks who yeah. do not get the right opportunity to thrive. Mm. And so in my little kana, I have taken it upon myself to say that, how do I share my experiences, my um, lived experiences, basically, so that folks who are my because back in africa i am majority because everybody looks like me but in in europe i am minority so mm -hmm. how do i reach out to folks who look like me who look up to me who feel like they want to be in the position or they want to um strive and get to the top like i am mm -hmm. to be able to go through that journey it starts with having the right resume for which uh, my hiring manager would want to talk to the person behind the resume and so i've taken it upon myself that i'll be a shadow hr support folks prepare mm. them for interviews mm. get your cvs right yeah. how do you conduct yourself so that even though the process may not be fair or there may be biases you are chosen not based on the fact that you are a minority but based on the fact that you deserve a seat um, at the table because you have mm. what it takes to be on the table mm -hmm. so mainly my purpose <laughs> is now giving back to my fellow African brothers, not necessarily my Ghanaian folks, but say that. Okay, what about the sisters and what about the other people? So, uh, yeah, it's inclusive of <laughs> sisters, brothers, everybody <laughs> in the sphere. I feel excluded. <laughs> no, bro brothers and sisters, obviously. <laughs> And if if you um if you if you follow me on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. I've supported many folks get jobs right from the interview process yeah, where true. I groom them and everything, and they reach out to me and said, "Harry, I got the job," and it feels yeah. fulfilling, you know. Yeah. Although I don't think I'll I will be a successful HR person. I love my procurement and supply chain profession, but I think that I could do a little bit to push the next generations and support exactly. them out there. That's my purpose. Thank you. I just want to say so I just want to say something about what Harry just said because I was having this conversation just the other day about mentorship. Yeah. And we just we just don't do that enough anymore. It's just yeah. because yeah. we're just so inundated with phone calls, emails, mm -hmm. request items that we don't invest in mentoring and that is what Harry's doing and I I applaud you for that. Thank you. I do. We need more mentors. We need more sponsors <laughs> as well. Yes. Sponsors. Taylor, you opened the, the, the purpose chain. So where, where are you at? <laughs> you know, I always think about that Simon Sinek video where he talks mm -hmm. about Apple and the, you know, they do it because of the why, the why. Yeah. And um, that's what opened the door for me. I don't know how long ago, a decade plus you know, ago, but it made me realize if we can do that, if we can work in a place that has a sense of purpose you know, what we've been talking about throughout this conversation is really about a quality of life, mm. you know, because mm. you can go to work yeah. and you can have a great feeling. You can bring that wonderful feeling home <laughs> mm -hmm. and then you can share that wonderful feeling with your family. I mean, yeah. it's not like you go to a work and you drudge it and then you come mm. home and bring that drudgery with you mm -hmm. and, you know, yeah. give that to your family. You're going to work and you're being empowered and uplifted. You're learning, you're exploring, you're growing. And then you bring that, that energy home. So to me, it all comes back to, you know, quality of life, because that's like a full circle. So good. That's the formula. Quality yeah. of life should yeah. be the end goal in everything yeah. that we're doing. So yeah. love it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Sean. Oh, I love this question. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh, so many good nuggets. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling fueled and purposeful just in hearing all of your purpose mm -hmm. that you're mm -hmm. sharing. It's so inspirational. For me, I think of when I think of that question, what is purpose? I think about a new friend that I have who's in the coaching community and she has a company called the Purpose Equation. So mm -hmm. her work is to help people find their purpose. Mm -hmm. And I attended one of her talks and she said, purpose is who we are. Mm. We are purpose. So even beyond our doing, we be purpose, right? Mm -hmm. we, our being is purpose. 
And something that I've utilized and I heard from a coach that I hired to help coach me was that coaching or purpose is a feeling. Purpose mm-hmm. is a feeling. And so as someone who was once burned out, as someone who was extremely doing oriented, achievement oriented and disconnected from my feeling self, I now see that purpose for me is connecting and mm. building connections and feeling connected in conversations, in environments, in situations, in my community, in my household. I want to feel a sense of connection with myself and I would love to feel a sense of connection with others. Yeah. So having these kinds of aligned conversations to me is me fulfilling my purpose, me being my yeah. purpose and feeling that sense of connection for me is everything. Yeah, yeah. I do agree. Okay. Glad to get the awesome sign. I'm so glad. <laughs> Thank you. That's so good. This this conversation, like I said, it's sometimes so challenging to be a moderator, facilitator. But today, I mean, it's the end of my day, whereas I should be tired, but I'm getting energy out of this conversation. So yep. Thank you all. Yep. And I, I see Franklin sharing purpose-driven life mentorship start with the why it gets it gets better and better right it gets better and better yes i believe so too but we have come to the end already yeah i know i know i know we have to have a a conversation about what your wishes i know we are at the end of 2022 and 2025 is almost like two plus years away yeah but well, we can dream and we can wish and we can hope. So I'll, I'll start with Harry. Well, for me, the purpose, uh, what I'm looking for for 2025, mm-hmm. um, lots of empathy. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot of times we are just too close mm. and not giving yeah. enough space and room to observe or give people the chance. And, um, and so I think a lot of empathy mm. and then also uh, maybe a lot of accountability. And mm-hmm. so not just, not just the talk, but walking the talk. And then when we come with, to the end of the year, when organizations come with their, um, this is our um, DEI vision for 2025, but this is our report, annual report, you want to see the progress from what was yeah. the year in retrospect, what yeah. happened in the year before, yeah. what, are we, what, have, what have we been able to achieve now and where are we going to? So um, right from leadership, organizations, a lot of empathy and a lot of holding ourselves accountable and doing better and better all the time. Love that. Mm-hmm. Taylor. For 2025 and beyond, uh, I want to see more. I want to see more transparency in business. Mm-hmm. I want to see more, you know, better policies put in place for DEI. Mm-hmm. And I want to see better and more messaging from companies on the choices that they're making, the decisions they make for regenerative design and for DEI, for People Planet. And they can talk about their profit. You know, they're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But I just want to see more of that. You know, as I mentioned at the very beginning of our, of our conversation, you know, I feel like as humans, we've been growing up. And we've been learning our lessons. And now I feel like it's it's painting a more holistic full circle. And if we can just get this DEI part, you know, and this people angle yeah. really addressed and the sustainability one, of course, obviously, I, I feel like we're just going to be in such a better place, but we have to start nailing down, you know, guide rails and posts to keep companies in line with that type of thinking. Um, and you know, everything we do, you know, we are voting for companies like this by every dollar you spend, that is a vote for that company to flourish. So Mm -hmm. if you're putting your money, if you're putting your vote towards something, if you're spending your money on something that is creating positive change in the world, I commend you. If you're not change. Mm. That's an interesting (laughs) twist on what you are sharing right now, where, we have power, we have money. So mm. if we don't like something, don't buy it anymore. Don't stand behind right. it anymore. And I get that. I get that. Thank you, Taylor. Deshaun. Ooh, okay, 2025. Mm-hmm. When I think of any year in the future, I think of my daughter. She'll be nine years old in 2025. Mm-hmm. And I think about children. I think about mm-hmm. 
you know, it can sound so cliche, but children are our future. Yeah. I would love to see culture shifting and bending towards more health, yeah. love, more empathy, more regenerative practices and habits as individuals and as organizations. Yeah. I'd love to see some evidence of that. Something that I cite a lot, I, I talk about my own burnout journey. I support and coach mm. people who are burned out. Burnout rates are astronomical right now worldwide. Yeah. And in 2019, the World Health Organization declared burnout a global phenomenon. Yeah. So I would uh, love to see some numbers related to burnout going in the right direction, going yeah. down so I, that would make me feel, because by then it would have been six years since that study um, had been published. Now companies know about it. The word is used every day on social media. I can't mm. log into any channel without seeing it mentioned. I would love to see some evidence of those numbers shifting in a better direction. I would yeah. love to see that. That would be one change I would hope to see. I love every word that was being shared oh, yeah. in this conversation so yeah. like I said it was very challenging to have this conversation and lead it facilitate it whilst being you know whilst listening but this has been uh let's say my top one of my top five conversations and it really mm -hmm. fueled my cup I'm so glad that Taylor you invited me to have that conversation because your podcast led to the creation of this and you were thinking about why does she want to interview me i, I hope that by now that you have an answer mm -hmm. and that you're you were needed for this conversation we need to have more of these conversations in the workplace yes. and have this heart to heart honest <laughs> that's awesome thank you that's awesome <laughs> because mm -hmm. This is what happens when you put three individual people, four people <laughs> together, where they are speaking up about their perspective on people, planet, mm. profit. And when we marinate, when we put everything together, we can definitely create an action board where we can all work towards to. Mm -hmm. Not saying that everything can be checked off, but at least we are making a very conscious decision about this is the action that we are taking. We are heading this way and we are being transparent about it. And uh, next year, that's what we are aiming for. All we can do is be transparent and share our actions and also look back and reflect from the lessons that we have learned because we can run, mm -hmm. but it's also needed as a, a Ghanaian proverb, Sankofa, where you go back and fetch and learn from that use that as a reflection as well so thank you everybody for watching let's thank humanize you. the workplace yes and until next time bye everybody thank you, thank you. this was wonderful <laughs> so good <laughs>